0: Welcome back to another episode of Supporting a Girl with Karis. I'm Karis Lunders, and today I spoke to Lauren from Luna Lapis. Now she does ethical crystal jewellery and it is just so beautiful. And we spoke about the history of amethyst, where crystals actually come from and zodiac gemstones which I had never heard of before but definitely went straight away to look them up. I hope you enjoy this episode. If you do, do go over and check out Lauren's jewellery and make sure you follow us on everything linked down below. And I have actually decided to change the podcast up a little bit. So you may have noticed we didn't have an episode last week, unfortunately. I just have too much going on for the last two and a half years since I started this podcast. It has been a pretty mental, I'll be honest. But now I am traveling a lot more for work. You may have seen I was just in Belgium and I'm gonna be in the Netherlands and Italy. Kinda if you know you know, you know I'm basically working at the different F1 tracks which is unbelievably exciting so the podcast is going to have to go every other week instead of weekly unfortunately but I'm still here you can check on everything podcast wise everything myself everything's linked down below and let's go chat to Lauren.
1: I started Lapis by accident in it was about 2017. I was struggling with back pain at the time I had an injury and I was off work and I was basically looking for something to preoccupy my mind really so I had started the business um, well it wasn't even a business then I would call it a passion project making jewelry more so for myself than anything but then I'd had a jewelry business previous to that which I used to sell at fine and dandy market so I had a background in jewelry making so that's why I thought well do you know what maybe I will change my business rebrand and focus on the crystal jewelry I've always had a passion for jewelry I've always been a magpie even and as a kid, like my memories from being a child was always if we went on holiday or if it was a special occasion, my mom would always treat me to jewelry. So, jewelry is definitely has a meaning behind it. You know, if I'm on holiday, I always have to buy a nice piece of jewelry to remember the trip or things like that. So, that's where the jewelry side sort of came in. And then I've always been fascinated by crystals and stones. And again, as a kid, would have gathered these things up. I remember going to the Ulster Museum, the crystal section in the Ulster Museum was always absolutely fascinating and that's where the crystals came in and I was researching them more learning about their properties and it was around that time then that I discovered about ethical crystals mm-hmm. and the fact that not all crystals are ethical in fact the vast majority are not okay so I made a decision very early on that was going to be my mission to only use ethical crystals and really research the sustainability and ethics behind them yeah I kind of merged the two together and the lapis was born
0: (laughs) is it difficult to get proper ethical sustainable crystals or do you know is it kind of a market almost it's emerging is a bit easier or is it still a big struggle for
1: you i would say it's definitely emerging people are becoming more aware of ethical crystals but it's still very difficult to find crystals that are ethical and sustainable and traceable and the reason behind that is because there isn't currently any trading standards for crystals gemstones minerals everything from you know crystals right down to iron and they're not always regulated there is a movement at the moment where people are becoming more aware of that and they do want to make sure that the crystals that are getting you know they know where they come from or at least can be not guaranteed of where they come from but at least there is traceability there I spent a long time before I even launched the business researching where to get crystals from that were ethical and and the best way that I have found to do it is to work directly with the wholesalers. Okay. If you work with a small wholesaler, UK wholesaler, a lot of them work directly with the miners and they know where the crystals have come from and they usually work with the smaller mines. A lot of the, the mines that are you know, small, not run by a big corporation would be quite remote and they're in communities where that's maybe been their sole income for generations. So you're supporting a small community, you're supporting a family business. And it's such a huge topic to even try to go into. But it's something that I am still working on to this day. I want to have even more involvement in the sort of the background of it. So I would love to be able to donate to projects in those communities because there's a lot of projects on health and safety for minors and women minors as well. So yeah, it's a huge, huge topic. And it's not always easy to guarantee where your crystals are come from. I Sort of say if you're buying crystal or jewelry with crystals and it's too cheap then you know where has that crystal come from
0: okay probably a very silly question roughly where do they come from like what countries are we talking about would you ever want to go out and kind of see the mines and properly see the process or is that like a big no-no
1: yeah no i would love to do that i mean crystals they grow everywhere okay grew all over the world but there's okay. certain those that you would only get in certain countries so for example quartz is one of the most abundant crystals you can get quartz in northern ireland Oh wow! Um, If you go to the beach, you know you can. If you have a trained eye, which I don't, whenever they're not nicely polished, you know. (laughs) But inside rocks, there can be crystal geodes. But yes, you can get quartz all over the world, and then there are certain countries where you can only get certain types of crystals. Brazil is one of the biggest. I was going to say producers of amethyst, but that's not the right word. Which naturally found in Brazil. It's an interesting fact, but prior to the 18th century, amethyst was uh, classed as a precious gemstone. So gemstones and crystals, they're similar, but they're different. Um, So a gemstone would be a mineral that is quite rare and would be of very high quality. So in the prior to the 18th century, amethyst was deemed a precious gemstone. Then they discovered it grew in abundance in Brazil. So then it was sort of demoted to a semi-precious gemstone, but is also a crystal. So a crystal would be they grow on a certain structure and pattern, whereas a gemstone doesn't always do that so gemstone could be a crystal but a crystal can't be a gemstone if that makes sense so yes how do you pick your
0: crystals and things that you're buying you obviously have a range on your website so kind of what's the process and especially coming up with like necklaces and earrings do you kind of have to judge it off sizes or yeah what is your kind of process for buying them
1: and choosing them um well the main process is sourcing the ethical crystals so as long as I can make sure that they're ethically sourced and that can sometimes limit what's available, but my design would be minimal in nature. So my Mm -hmm. slogan is minimal with meaning. So a minimal design. So I don't want anything too huge and you know massive, but I do have a couple of ranges that are a bit more statement. So that's where the minimal comes in, but with meaning would be each crystal has its own properties and meanings. And some people use them for healing reasons as well and their healing properties. So I choose crystals based on sort of what they mean. Like for example a, a rose quartz uh, would represent unconditional love. Quartz is a master crystal, so it's one that everybody should have in their collection. So yeah, very much drawn to their properties and meanings associated with them, also how they look. I find that there's some crystals that are more popular with people than others. Okay, Crystals that I would sell online, my best sellers would be quartz and rose quartz amethyst, things that people recognize and know. And then more, I wouldn't even say unusual crystals, but labradorite would be one of my favorites and it would be one of my best sellers in shops that I would sell in because a labradorite is really difficult to photograph because it looks like a greeny gray stone but whenever you turn it in the light there's flashes of blue inside the crystal so whenever you see that in person people go wow you know it's so pretty Uh, same with moonstone it has a, a flash and iridescence inside it and like a camera you can't really pick that up I try to film it as well but it's really difficult to film and photograph crystals in there natural beauty. You really do need to see them and hold them. And a lot of people also are drawn to a particular type of crystal whenever they see it in person. So that was a very long winded way of saying (laughs) I try to have a range of crystals, but there are some that people really are drawn to. So I try to make sure I always have them in my collection.
0: Fantastic. What would an average day look like for you then, Lauren? Are you doing this full time or is this still kind of passion project?
1: Well, it's a passion project that accidentally turned into a business. So it's a part time business for me but I do still have a full-time job. So I work during the day in the arts and after I've come home from work is whenever I would focus on the business. So it's a lot of evenings, a lot of late nights um, and weekends. But so the average day, I mean, it really does vary. It depends on what I have coming up. I would be working on orders, checking my Etsy sales, getting orders ready to send out. But I would also do a lot of research, again, about crystals. I have something coming up In the pipeline soon, so that's been taking up a lot of my time, yeah. Working on designs and yeah, chipping away at the old social media as well. So Every day is different, but I wouldn't do it if I didn't enjoy it. You know, it does take up a lot of time. I don't have kids or, you know, anything like that that would require my time otherwise. But it's a balance that's trying to make sure that I work on the business, but also try to have a personal life as well. (laughs) Try to get out and enjoy life and things. Yes. So all very varied. So exciting. Just
0: mentioned you have a big thing coming up. Is there anything you can give us like a little teaser for like coming soon, maybe later this year?
1: Yeah, it's taken a while. Um, I've been working on a new website um, okay. that will be outside. But the reason that it's been taking me so long is it's not just going to be a website. I'm also going to be launching a whole other side to Lunar Lapis as well. So at the minute, I'm known for ethical crystal jewelry. Mm-hmm. But a little teaser I can give you is that my new website will also include two new product lines. So oh, wow. also ethical crystals as well as crystal homewares. So think like crystal candle holders, crystal incense holders, coasters, that sort of thing. So that has been a very long process because I have been quietly working away in the background, sourcing crystals and sourcing everything that I need, making sure they're ethical. And my website will also have a blog feature as well. So you'll be able to learn about all things crystals, how to use crystals, how to style crystals in the home, everything that you could need to know because... Yeah, one of my frequently asked questions would be, you know, I'm looking for a crystal for anxiety. What would you recommend? Or I also do zodiac crystals. So people would say, oh, my friend is a Virgo. What can you recommend? Because everybody knows they have birthstones, but they don't necessarily know they have zodiac crystals. So that's what I'm working on. I'm really excited about it. But yes, working on your website by yourself <laughs> is very daunting. <laughs>
0: Yes, no, absolutely. But I really, I know everyone has their birthstones. So I was born in February, so mine's amethyst, but I didn't know that we
1: all had zodiac ones as well. So are you, what would you, are you a Pisces? Pisces, yeah. So I'm trying to think, a Pisces, my sister's a Pisces, your zodiac crystal. Um, so there's loads of crystals that you can have as a zodiac okay, crystal. Okay. I just to pick the one that, you know, sort of my recommendation of a zodiac crystal based on the traits of your zodiac pink opal. I believe in Pisces, Zodiac, and Pink Opal represents love, hope, and rejuvenation. Pisces is known for being quite empathetic Mm -hmm. Um, so I think opal is a really lovely one for your traits.
0: Oh fab! It's very sweet. I have a little opal ring that my boyfriend got me and it is literally my favourite and it's the first thing everybody notices when I'm wearing. I'm going to look into your pink opal there I just know it's going to be beautiful as well. I love all things pink.
1: Yeah I think opal is the opal family but it would be sort of more in its raw form so it would be Peachy colour, peachy pink. It's a really lovely crystal.
0: Oh fab. Well, I can't wait to see what everybody else's is, is and to kinda almost match them up like Burstone. Oh, so exciting. And do you have any idea of where you would like to be in the future? Like five years' time, what's the big dream for Luna Lapis?
1: Well, I'd still like to hopefully be doing it in five years. <laughs> the dream would probably be to be involved a bit more in mm-hmm. the the movement for ethical crystals. The rights of minors. So I would love to look into how to get involved more in that, being an advocate for that. And I guess I'd love to sort of sell more wholesale uh-huh. um, at the moment. I sell in Kafola's gift shop in Yotnard's. Uh-huh. But five years down the line, I'd love to be selling in lots of shops um not only just in northern ireland but uk and maybe a little bit further afield as well because yeah i think it's important to share the knowledge of ethical crystals and yeah getting that out there and supporting all of these communities would be great
0: absolutely so do you think you would ever want to have your own shop or would you want to focus on just like lots of wholesale instead
1: i don't know i think taking on a shop's a big step yeah and yeah i don't know i don't know i guess uh, it would just Have to see how it all goes, but probably more focusing on the wholesale because you get to reach such a huge range of people. That's where Etsy is great because you've got a global audience, really, um, that I wouldn't have had otherwise. And after the UK, my biggest customer base is in California. So I suppose we've quite a big new age movement over there. Bizarrely, California is one of my biggest customer bases, so I'd I'd love to sell in California.
0: that is so exciting it's cool that you almost could easily jump into like a global wholesale straight edge and you wouldn't just have to start local and slowly build and build
1: yeah um, and we definitely do have access to that now which years ago whenever I first started selling jewellery uh, making jewellery and even whenever I was at university I did printmaking at university there wasn't the same opportunities that yeah. artists have now artists and makers have now to reach a global audience to sell online you know you were you were basically told whenever you graduated to have a business card and maybe a, a website back whenever you had blog spots yes. <laughs> you know <laughs> that was about the height of it so yeah there's so much opportunity today for makers to reach so many people
0: and just to wrap up Lauren what would be some of your favorite local businesses
1: oh there's Far too many to mention. I could be here all day listing. There's a couple that spring to mind. Susanna Banks, She's an illustrator. She does the most amazing like pet portraits and illustrations and artwork. She would be a friend of mine as well. But whenever I was coming up with my brand, uh, my brand name, and my logo, Susanna doesn't normally do logos. But I had an idea in my head of what I wanted, and I tried drawing it out several times, and it just it was so frustrating. I couldn't get out what I what I wanted. Yeah. Um. But yeah. I wanted it to be a crystal moon because Luna Lapis um, is Latin for moonstone. OK. I knew I wanted a crystal moon. So I approached Susanna and said, look, I know you don't do logos normally, but could you do me a pet portrait <laughs> style <laughs> of my crystal uh, in the shape of a crescent moon? And she took on the challenge and she came back with the first proof. And I was like, you've nailed it. Perfect. Great. Yeah, Susanna would be one of my top faves, but there's so many others. If I sort of Pluck a, a theme out of my head. Other artists and makers that focus on sustainability that I admire would be bearded candle makers. They're the top game for focusing on sustainability and the environment. I used to have a stall beside them in, in the Fine and Dandy Market. Mm-hmm. And I sort of feel like Michael kind of inspired my sustainability goals for my business and you know I only use recycled recyclable or biodegradable packaging or anything that can be reused so yeah I think sort of looking to them as to what they've done with their business definitely inspired me Ruth Osborne Art she uses natural pigments that she makes in her printmaking and yeah I mean I could go on forever in a day so I'll, I'll leave it at that <laughs> but uh, so many amazing artists and makers in Northern Ireland you know we're blessed to have such a wealth of. Creative Creativity in this tiny little country. And yeah, this podcast gives us a platform. So I really thank do appreciate you. that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you. Thank you.